Welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. Hey, what's going on, world? This be your boy, Eddie Cool, a.k.a. the HOC, the head of creative at your favorite sports podcast, none other than the Sports Bros Podcast. It is episode number 94, and we're inching closer by the week to episode 100. Got something special coming up, but I can't let the cat out of the bag just yet. Um, Just so I don't put my co-host on the spot like I have been doing for the last few weeks, famous number 94s, Keith Trailer a defensive tackle for um, for the Bears, the Patriots, and everybody back in the day-day, and also Brendan Shanahan for the Hartford Whalers. He also wore number 94 back in 1996. But enough of the historical numerical facts leading up to episode 100. I got two hosts I want to introduce you guys to. First off, the almighty be live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today? Man, you would think with no football this past week that, you know, my the sports world might be just a little um not much going on, but uh, <laughs> oh, we got we got some action going on this week with this podcast. And then we got the other guy that's that's gonna he's gonna introduce and uh He's all right. <laughs> he is a- all right. And the sad other guy, the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania, as we said before, it never rains in Western Pennsylvania, but it damn sure snows in Western Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. The one, yes, the one, the only, the money man, Scotty D. Yeah, it's cold. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Happy Black History Month to you. And let me and let me tell you, my mother told me a couple of days ago, you know what? You're very opinionated. That's just my and, and I, she's right. So that's just my way of saying you guys are lucky to have me. I'm here to set you straight. So let's take off, man. Let's ready to go. Scott Donnelly's Sports Bros podcast. Ready to rock and roll here. No, no, no. First of all, what you're not going to do <laughs> is take over the podcast during Black History Month <laughs> when you have two African American co-hosts. That's, that's, we ain't going to see. This is where this is where this podcast is going wrong already. <laughs> we gonna keep it diverse. And, you're lucky to um, have we, me. We, you're lucky. We we are lucky to have you. I mean, we. <laughs> I mean, this is um this is our version of um affirmative action ah. by having you on the show. Wow. So <laughs> I see. Well, <laughs> you 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 asked for that one. You 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 left that door wide open. But um yeah. Well, thank you I for the olive this. branch. Thank you for having me. I'm very <laughs> I'm so honored. I I, I, I kind of had something, but I'm truly at a loss of words right now. I had something funny going on, but as soon as you hit me with the AA, I was like, oh, that's out the window. <laughs> or, or, that bird is gone. Oh, Lord. You, you ever see a duck fly in the snow? Well, you did today, damn it. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, back on track. And um, has, in the words of the almighty, be live, but I digress. All right, fellas, guess what? We're a handful of days away from Super Bowl 55. 
two fives, fifth, fifth, the double nickel edition of the championship game of the National Football League. Fellas, this is the last game of the season. It's the last game of the season. Here we are representing the American Football Conference, the reigning, defending champions, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the champions of the National Football Conference, the NFC, Tom Brady, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, it's prediction time. We weren't going to spend too much time last week divulging into it because, you know, who wants to listen to two weeks of constant Super Bowl coverage? You get tired of it. That's why we said, hey, we're going to stop right here and pick up next week. We said last week is this week, and next week is right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A whole lot going on. You get what I mean? And I'm keeping that in there. I'm not editing that out. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and with that, with, all right, that, with that being said, all right, fellas, what is it going to take for each team to win, starting with you, Scotty D? Well, I, I think for the Buccaneers to win this game, they're going to have to figure out a way to neutralize the speed of the Kansas City Chiefs. And maybe the best way to do that is to keep them off the field and ball control. Um, you know, Brady may be not the gunslinger he used to be, and he seems to have done well this year whenever Tampa Bay has run the ball. And I think uh, – they got Fournette, but I think Ronald Jones is supposed to be playing, right? If, I, did I hear that he's – is he playing the, the other running back for Tampa Bay? I think he is. I know they're getting Antonio Brown back, so the, the these guys have had an extra week to recover. I think – man, I, I I really think this could be a, a a close game that comes down to the wire, and if it does, I'm going with Kansas City. This is a case of the, the guy that we consider – that is largely considered to be the greatest quarterback of all time going against – the one guy who everyone thinks could be his replacement someday in that conversation. Um, I, 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 I like Kansas city, but I think I, I think I like them only by, uh, by a few points. The spread is three. I, I could see a push. I could see Kansas city win this by a field goal. Be like, what you think? Uh, this is, this is going to be tough because there's, there's two sides of this. There's two sides of this coin. There, there. One part of me is the conspiracy theory side of this coin. Dun, dun, dun. Does the NFL want to place Tom Brady on this pedestal? Because that, that's it. It almost seems like just. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay. I'm a profession. I'm going to stay professional, unbiased analyst. But we're not. We're not. If, that. I, I know that. <laughs> we're we're not, not. 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 Even we're close. amateurs. Yeah. <laughs> we're definitely amateurs. By the fan. For yeah. the fan. We are. We are fanatics. Yes. Yeah. We're not journalists. We're just we, dudes talking sports. Listen. I want to say this. We are not just fans. We are fanatics. Yeah. That we have literally taken a day out of the week mm-hmm. and done this ninety-four times talking about sports coming together for free. Uh, yeah, for free. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, pay the man. <laughs> but yeah, this this is what I have to say about this. When it comes to head to head offense versus defense, defense versus offense, the the key to victory for Tampa Bay is somehow putting Patrick Mahomes on his back. Yep. Patrick Mahomes has only been sacked 22 times this year. That's a little more than once a game. 
there's now I don't even want to pull up Deshaun Watson's sacks this year. <laughs> I can guarantee you it is at least five times more than that. And he still does amazing. But I mean, it's it's one of those things that when you look at Kansas City, um, Scotty D said this last week. He said that they just seem polished. I disagree entirely. The majority of what Kansas City does is not polished. It's almost like you're looking at backyard, seven-on-seven, just throw the ball out there, and you just happen to have the fastest guy or guys on your team because not only does most of the plays that they have have Patrick Mahomes outside of the pocket and just doing some amazing stuff and their defense breaks down, and then next thing you know, now you're chasing this little – this little dude that runs a four two forty and the, that cheetah and the, he didn't he didn't cut this guy his ankles is broken over here just looking at him and that's you know he's fifty yards down the field it's I know it's drawn up that way but it's just it looks it, and I love it I love the fact that it's just innovative but one of the things is that it's usually after some dudes in the backfield. And they didn't miss Patrick Mahomes. He didn't elude him. Now he's over here. And then the um the coverage breaks down. And then it's just it's and that happens way too often. Even when they're down, they find a way to do some type of play like that. I love the fact that one of the plays they ran, um, like the little um was a shovel pass. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even a shovel pass, it was an underhand toss to Travis Kelsey pulling in the middle. Um, on the goal line for a touchdown. Who very, very polished like, play. Very polished yep. play. <laughs> I just, I just, it's one of those things where it's. I'm pretty sure it's drawn up, and the, and the receivers know how to react when Patrick Mahomes is out of the pocket, and it's like they're they're on the same wavelength. But if Tampa Bay can find a way to make the initial sack before all that stuff starts to happen. Tampa Bay has a very good chance of stopping them. Uh, you, to your point, though, your, to your point, not knocking Mahomes down uh, does help neutralize that speed. And that could be where this game is won because we saw how good Tampa's front front four looked in the in the previous game against Buffalo against a quarterback that liked to run, and they gave him fits all day. So, or, or, I mean, you mean uh, against you mean Green Bay? Bay? Yeah, they gave Rodgers some fits. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, 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 the trenches could be the could be the deal, but again, I mean, like you said, uh, Mahomes only got sacked twenty two times. times. That's not a whole lot this year. So, and some of that's with his speed too. You know, you know, being elusive back there. So, but with the speed that Kansas City has, you can't guard those guys too long. You got to get at Mahomes because if they get the extra steps to to work their way free, see ya. Those guys are too quick, and um, it, it turns into a track meet. Yeah, I think the key to victory is going to be um, between both teams. Which uh, team can get the upper? Which team's defense can get the upper hand on the opposing team's offensive line? If you look Kansas at Kansas City, Eric Fisher he tore his Achilles and he's done for. You know he won't be back. Um, and then a, another lineman went down too. But uh, as we see during the game against Buffalo, they put two guys in plug and play, and it didn't stop anything from the looks of it. So. Um, I think when it comes to this game, the battle will be won. Uh, it's going to come down to who wants it more in the trenches between the offensive line and the defensive lines. 
Yeah, it could it could very well go that way. It could also go fifty three to fifty. It, that wouldn't surprise me either with these quarterbacks. You know, Brady having an extra week off, I think, is going to be very beneficial to him. I mean, they've been playing a lot of games. They haven't had a bye week in forever that I that I can remember. Um, so, yeah, I think <laughs> I th- I think both of these quarterbacks just bring too much to the table to let either to let the game get away from them. If that if that makes sense. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, Kansas City is proven time and time again that no lead is ever safe nope. for them. And with well, I mean, with Tampa Bay, I mean, I won't say Tampa Bay. I'll say Tom Brady. He had the greatest ever comeback in Super Bowl history. Twenty eight three. Never forget. Come on. Really, and and I th- I think you we could probably both I think we can all agree that right now currently, Patrick Mahomes is as of today a better a better quarterback, right? I mean he's younger, stronger. I mean, yeah. I, I, it, when you're evaluating strictly on today, but Brady just makes Tampa Bay feel like they belong there. I think that's having that confidence, and you know, <laughs> Brady does belong. He's there all the time. <laughs> he's bringing these guys along with him, and I think uh, I I think. Tampa's coming in with some swagger, I think. Yep, absolute facts. And think about it. The 55th edition of the Super Bowl, they got an extra home game. Well, here's here's the thing. A lot of people are speaking to that notion that Tampa Bay has an extra home game. I beg to differ. Isn't that because when you think of a home game, you think you have home crowd, home field advantage. There's slight advantages, but the crowd is not going to be pro- Tampa Bay. It's going to be Super Bowl is elite of the elite. Only the top dollar people get there because I well, I can't afford it. <laughs> well, not only that, but there's going to be less people in the stands this year than in, under any other normal year. Yeah. Where I think under ordinary non-COVID circumstances, that would be a bigger advantage for Tampa Bay. But the fact is, there's just not going to be a capacity crowd down there, all wearing Buccaneers gear. Right, and so. Um, even and on top of that, but um, one thing that um, Tampa Bay does have the advantage of because of COVID this year, Kansas City won't be allowed to travel until two days before oh, the wow. Super Bowl. So that that's a, that's a nuance right there that could that could affect a lot of things. You're not even you haven't even gotten the jet lag off, and then you're getting ready for. And of course, once you get there, it's nothing but interviews, 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 and interviews, more interviews. And then they're boom. Super yeah, Bowl. they're they're not having the typical media week and all that stuff, you know, that like you like right. you ordinary would. So some of those distractions may not be there that you ordinarily would have. I mean, it could be working Kansas City's favor too that they're going to be sleeping in their own bed all week instead of you know going in sleeping in a hotel earlier. I don't know. I I don't think the travel thing is going to be too much of an issue. I I I don't I don't foresee that being a big factor. These guys are all used to that. I mean. Kansas City barely loses at all the last couple of years, and they travel plenty. So, I think when it comes down to it, I'm going with the Chiefs, twenty to seventeen. We'll say. Final score, be live. What you got? I'm going Kansas City Chiefs, forty nine to twenty. Hmm. Wow, and a stomping. I, I think it's going to be high scoring, and also I just think that Kansas City just has too much hmm. speed. 
It's ridiculous. Like, it's one of those things. Tampa Bay is great against the run. They had the number one rushing defense in the league, but they were 21st in the league in passing defense. Yeah. Boy, what do you think Kansas City does well? They throw that rock. They, I mean, they really, they rarely run the ball through the trenches, but even with that, oh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is able to do that as well. But his, the reason why they drafted him was his ability to catch the ball out mm-hmm. in the open, which everybody on their team is able to do. So it's, yeah, I'm just, it's, yeah, it's, I don't think it's going to be close. I really don't. I don't, I think that Tampa Bay is going to have issues to stopping. Kansas City. Yep. I'm thinking of 40-36 Kansas City. All right, so there we have it. Buccaneers are locked to win now. <laughs> we all three went the other way. <laughs> yeah, because we, we we have just not believed in Tampa Bay yeah, we've at been all. picking against them uh, for a while now. So, yeah, Tom Brady getting another crack at it. Yeah, that, I'm telling you, man, that, like I said, what did I say last week about Ty Bowles, fellas? He has his hands full on trying to figure out what to do against Kansas City Chiefs. They got and they're getting Sammy Watkins back. Oh man, they start. Whew, it's going to be tough sledding for um, Tampa Bay, uh, Tom Brady, and all them too. All right, fellas. So uh, that out the way, guess what? Football season it ain't quite over yet. We talking about the quarterback carousel. And the season's damn near over. Let's enter this quarterback carousel talking. It is a turning, turning, turning. He stopped in weeks. Down in Houston, Deshaun Watson formally requests trade. We got the Texans balking. We got the coach said the reason I, the new coach, he, the reason he said I came here is because of Deshaun Watson and I want him here. And Deshaun Watson has taken anything Houston and Texas off his uh, Twitter account. Um, and then we got a whole situation about Aaron Rodgers. Will he return? Is he going to be back? Is he is or is he ain't? But the headline of all this, we have the trade that went down between Jared Goff and Matt Stafford. The Rams get Matt Stafford. And in return, the Lions get Goff, a 2021 third-round draft pick, and a 2022 and a 2023 first-round draft picks, a bucket of chicken, a pack of black and miles, a parking pass, <laughs> and a Planet Fitness gym membership. Fellas, who got over and who got hosed in this trade? Let, 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 let's, let's, let's start off by this. Is Matthew Stafford that good at a really bad organization? Because oh, 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 I just, I've seen glimpses of him being a good quarterback. I've not seen him be an elite quarterback. What the Rams gave up to get Matthew Stafford is elite status. Two first rounds, third round, and you're arguably your already franchise quarterback that you basically just gave up on. Not say, yes, Stafford is a little bit better than golf, but not two first round picks better they both were number one draft picks by the way let me mm-hmm. throw that out there i can't sit here and say that the rams don't know what they're doing because they've been actually very successful the past few years with giving up their i think the last time that the rams had the first round draft pick was back in 2016 they've they've traded away their number one draft pick 
probably now now effectively all the way until 2023. So maybe they, they, maybe they know how to find talent because they they keep competing. They they've been to the Super Bowl. They've been to the playoffs, and especially with them in the, one of the toughest divisions in all of football, the NFC West. So they're able to compete and everything. It's interesting to see this move and for to give up what they've given up because they already didn't have the first round pick this year. Now they gave up their third round pick this year and the first round pick in 2022 and 2023. So, man, this is a case of they really believe in who they have and can they keep that core together on the defensive side, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey on the offensive side, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Robert Woods. Or who's their, who's their running Cam back? Uh, Cam Akers. Mm-hmm. Cam. Okay, Cam Akers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Young, young. He's he he showed he showed he showed promise. So it'd be very interesting to see if Matt Stafford can live up. Because at this point in time, what the Rams gave up for Matt Stafford, man, the weight of the world is on his shoulders. Bruh, you got to produce, and you got to produce. When, and they're in win-now mode. Scotty D, what you think? They are definitely all in on this. But it just it shows that they have completely lost all their confidence in Jared Goff. And from what I heard, it seemed to – stem from a game they lost at the end of November at home to the 49ers and Nick Mullins, I think was their quarterback. And I think at that sense, they, um, Sean McVay felt that they had gone as far as they were going to go with Jared Goff, that he was just, he had, he basically he's, he's peaked. So if they're, if they have the number one defense in the league right now, and they have all those weapons we just talked about on offense, and they don't think that this quarterback is good enough to get him to the promised land, then maybe this trade was not bad for the Rams. I think they may, I, I think they probably gave up a little bit too much by going two uh, first round or twice. I mean, that, that's, that's a lot because every year teams to look to replenish their talent pool in the draft and the first round is always very important, but that, and that's why I'm saying they're all in right now. As far as the lions go, I think, I think this is a fantastic move for them because they're getting back those picks and they're getting a quarterback who maybe needs a change of scenery. Maybe with a new fresh head coach, he starts to flourish in Detroit. And if not, they can get, they can get past that next year. They give him a look for a year. And if he's not trending the way they want to shoot, they got a, a, an abundance of picks now to go get their quarterback of the future. And he won't be a huge cap hit after next year, they, if they release him or trade him this year, then he'd, that that would hurt him. And I don't know the exact numbers, guys. I'm a fan, not a stats guy. When it comes, to that, yep. but, um, he'll he'll be let he'll be less taxing on their books after the 21 season. So I think the Lions did themselves. Uh, I think they did a good job on this, you know, by getting a potential quarterback. And if not, we move on. We get another one. And at the same time. Um, Stafford needed out of there. He wanted out of there. You know, I, I almost think of Stafford kind of like maybe like Mike Trout in baseball. He, he's not not quite the level of Trout, but he's just a really good player on a bad team that we don't really watch that often. You know, I, I don't watch a lot of Angels True. games. <laughs> the only time I really watch Detroit plays if they play a team I'm rooting for or it's Thanksgiving. You know, it's, you know, so 
how good is Matthew Stafford really? I mean, he, he, he has great numbers every year. This year, his numbers were actually only slightly better than Goff's. I mean, he, he was uh, what Stafford threw for 26 touchdowns to 10 picks. Goff threw for 20 and 13. So he, he's, I think he's an upgrade. I really do. And if you really believe in him and if he's as good as we think that he could be, in a different system with that brilliant offensive mind. And, you know, McVay was good enough to get them to the Super Bowl two years ago. If he has his right guy, the Rams are right back into contention next year with him running that offense and having that defense come back. Now, I agree with, um, you know, with him probably needing to change the scenery, scenery, that being Matt Stafford. And um, that's just simply because, like, he's done all that he's possibly could in Detroit with what he has and you know how Detroit has been bumbling, stumbling and fumbling these past, you know, 10, 15 years with um, talent. And this is another classic case of having good talent, but can't turn it around to results on the field with him going to LA is to change the scenery. You got a running back. You ain't got to worry about, you got Robert Woods, you got Cooper cup. And like you said, you got Sean McVay as an offensive guru. So he should, he should do nothing but flourish. And if the defense is intact, I'll say this, um, the Rams will win a division next year. They will do that. Yeah, and and there and his his salary cap numbers aren't going to kill the Rams either. I mean, he's not as expensive as Goff's contract, so you know maybe that's what the Rams are feeling too. You know, we get r- rid of that contract, that albatross, and also there were some rumors. Uh, you know, we don't really know about what was going with the with behind the scenes stuff between Jared Goff and Sean McVay. You know, some personal life stuff we heard about. Maybe oh. that. Maybe there was an. Ir- irreparable rift between the two, and it just had to be done this way. I'm tired of looking in your face. You got to go, and you know why. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like. I felt this mess in Houston. What in the hell is going on in a two eight one? Um, when you're two, basically, essentially, your two best players that this organization has ever seen had. The amount that they have done for the community and during the hurricane and relief and stuff like that and just who they are as people when not only Deshaun Watson, but also it had been one thing if it was just Deshaun Watson, but also J.J. Watt wants out of Houston. There is a glaring, glaring problem in that organization. And we talked about it a little bit. Like they tried to appease Watson with their um, head coach, um, head coaching hire, even to the point where the head coach himself was like, I came here to coach Deshaun Watson. Let's start off by this. I'm going to go ahead and um, warn you ahead of time. Eddie Cool, get the dump we go. button ready. Bull. You didn't come there to coach Deshaun Watson. You came there because you're a 65-year-old head coach with no offensive or defensive coordinating <laughs> um, wow. um, background. You came. You came there because this, I'm, a, I'm. You know what? I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I, I, we. If you if you think I'm wrong, you can edit it out. They hired this man simply solely. This was an affirmative action. Higher, they thought if they hired a black man 
they will be able to appease Deshaun Watson. I re- I honestly got I think this is the most condescending hire I have ever then seen. Then why didn't they hire BNR? Life. I, dude, oh, there the, it is. There it is. Please, please. Maybe BNM is not a good interview. No, from from inside sources, I've looked into I literally looked into it before um, I did my video this past week. People they say that he interviews well. He coaches well. Something. something if he doesn't not, interview well, then I don't know. That, I really, of oh, maybe, but I, something, something just. I, you know what, I don't know. You know, he, I don't the know. enemy might not be a yes man. He he might have some balls, and he might be able to stand up to the GM and the owner. And because if you look at some situations, some not all, there's a relationship between the coach and the general manager. For example, Scotty D, you're probably going to agree or disagree. You're probably going to hate this, but I'm going to be real. Jerry Jones hires a bunch of yes men because the last man that stood up to Jerry Jones was Jimmy Johnson, and then we saw how that turned out. He got him up out of here like yesterday's trash. So a lot of these organizations, they try to get guys that, okay, we want you to fit something. We're going to fit something. Well, it's like this. I got to coach a football team. You got to get me the players. So we got to meet in the middle. Not this, well, I'm going to be a yes man and I'm going to lick your boots and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a puppy dog and rub up against your leg and want attention. Nah, the coach going to coach the football team. The GM's going to GM the team. But let's meet in the middle and let's have a successful organization. That's what successful organizations do. Not this mess in Houston, like the mess in Dallas, is it's an absolute mess, and it really doesn't make any sense. Scotty D, what do you think about this mess in Houston? I'm not 100% sure Deshaun Watson's going to go anywhere else next year. I know he's formally said, I want to be traded, and there's definitely going to be a lot of interest, but um, now that we've seen this other trade and see what the price tag is for Matthew Stafford, two number one picks – I mean, are other teams going to be able to give that up? Will they be willing to give that up and and take on that giant contract? I mean, remember, Deshaun Watson was not happy when they, they traded off uh, Hopkins, but then he still signed that extension right after that. Am I, am I right on that? Yeah. yeah I mean, right. he did that afterward. So it, he was willing to take the money, and that, and that team wants him. It's not like they don't want him. I'm not 100% sure that, that – they're gonna that he's he's in another uniform next year. I mean, it, it signs seem to be pointing that way, but I'm still kind of I gotta I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me make something perfectly clear. When a player signs a contract for X amount of years for X amount of dollars, that's not signing loyalty to a team. That's putting money in your pocket. I understand that. And I understand the, that. But still, what, that what organization Houston, said, here, we want yeah. to commit to you, and you commit to us. And he said, okay. He didn't say, let's wait and see how this season plays out. Yeah, well, he committed to them. Then this season, and this season, he had. He didn't, he didn't, he did not commit to them. He committed to the all Coming from them. This was right after Patrick Mahomes got that ridiculous kind Because here's, here's the thing. You can you can try and roll the dice in the National Football League and go into free agency and hope somebody offers you a $40 million a year contract barring any type of injury or anything like that. Or you can see the $40 million in front of you and be like, uh, yes. And the way that his... 
the way that his contract was structured, it wasn't a big 10 million, um, 10 year deal like Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes said, yes, Kansas City Chief for life. And basically, did but the same Deshaun thing. Watson, his contract, he, he did it for five years with a no trade clause. Basically, he wrote his own ticket. And now the no trade clause comes into effect because now he wants out, but he also wants to dictate where he goes. He's like, um, New York Jets, uh, right. even though but he doesn't have the right like to do that top because he, he signed a commitment. So he can sit there all he wants and say, I want to go to the Jets or I want to go to the Dolphins or, or to the Washington football team. But unless Houston says, okay, we're going to honor that that request, he's still committed to them. And that's why I think it's possible he ends up playing for them again next year. I, oh man, I think that relationship is severed. Even though you keep hearing from the GM that they have no interest in trading him. And I, that that is the unfortunate part of the contract. Because it's not like he has one year or two years remaining. He has f- four years remaining on that contract. And if he decides, oh, I'm not going to play, oh, he just he going to catch some severe fines. But I don't know. It's one of those things where I think the Texans can get a heck of a lot to um, to trade him away and rebuild because you're not going to get. I don't think you're going to get the best product out of Deshaun Watson. Oh yeah, you will. That, that kid's got Texan. too much character. He's it, not going to sit out and not play, and he's not going to half-ass it either. He's once these guys actually get pads on, they they they're not gonna. At least this guy's not gonna do that. I, I, here's the thing: I never, I've never seen this side of Deshaun Watson. The fact that he wants out, and here's another caveat to this: a couple caveats actually. It wasn't Deshaun Watson that released this to the media that he wanted out. It was the Texans organization that released that Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. wanted out. Which is almost, which bears a, I mean, there's a lot of meaning to that. It's simply like, okay, we want the public to know that Deshaun Watson wants out and da 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 da. As opposed to Deshaun Watson being like, yo, people, I'm telling you guys, I want out. He's never, he never released that to the media. We've been hearing rumors and stuff like that here and there. And so when it came out that Deshaun Watson formally um, wants a trade, that that was a statement. Yeah, from but you the just told me they don't want to get Deshaun rid of Watson. him. That's why they hired a black so, dude. <laughs> so they they don't really want to get rid of him either. They they. Uh, I guess this whole situation is going to be a wait and see kind of thing, fellas. All right, so we can agree that Aaron Rodgers will be in Green no Bay doubt. next year. No, doubt. is there any doubt? No, no, he, no, no. He, doubt he's going to win the MVP. Yeah. He's going to be there next year. All right. Cool, cool. We can we can yeah. go ahead and put that put that in rest right now. You know, he's been on what social media or, or was it TikTok or something, driving in the back with somebody's pickup truck with a twelve pack of beer. Hey man, it's the offseason. Yeah. He ain't got nothing to do. He ain't going to the Super Bowl. So you might as well hang out and have fun. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the NFL football talk between the Super Bowl preview and the quarterback carousel, which is ever changing. All right, and we're going to slide into major league baseball news. That's right. For the first time in 5011 weeks, we're talking about a, a, a different sport other than football. And the reason why we're talking about uh, Major League Baseball is because there seems to be a kerfluffle at the <laughs> Hall of Fame. 
a big old kerfluffle. That's right. So somehow, some way, they said, you know what? We're not putting <laughs> anybody in the Hall of Fame this year. And Kurt Schoen says, you know what? He said some expletive words, which I can't repeat on his podcast. He said, but you can pretty much take me off the list because I ain't got time for all this mess. The question I got to ask you, fellas, are the writers making it difficult for deserving players to get in? Scotty D, you go first. Yeah, I, I think I think they have done that traditionally. But when I when I look at the list this year, all right, and we know that the controversial players are right there at the top of the list. They got the um, almost what was it seventy five percent of the votes is what was needed, and these guys got close to it, but not good enough. And that's Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. Now we know why Bonds and Clemens' names are being you know not voted on. When obviously they're they're statistically among the best of all times, but then when you look at the rest of the list, Scott Rowland, Omar Vizquel, Billy Wagner, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, some good players in there, guys that probably should be in the Hall of Very Good, but not the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, especially Scott Rowland. Yeah, you look at Scott Rowland; he got over fifty percent of the vote, but. Scott Rowland to me was just a guy that was always a really good, solid baseball player. I don't have any memory of like his great Scott Rowland moments. Not that he didn't have any, but he's just a guy that didn't ever jump off the page of me as a Hall of Fame caliber player. I mean, again, he was good. No question about it. But some of these other guys, if you go further down the list, you had Manny Ramirez and Sammy Sosa, other guys that were associated with performance enhancing drugs, obviously. The 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 problem I have with with the Bonds and Clemens thing is, you know, I heard a, actually a, a, it was put very well by a writer on MLB Network last week. He said if Barry Bonds had ruptured his Achilles prior to the nineteen ninety eight season and never played again, he would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer because he's the best baseball player he'd ever seen. And I've always said that about Bonds myself. I don't think I've ever seen a better baseball player in my life. And it was only after the that he he went south with the with the you know obviously the body change you know he got big and and Roger Clemens mm-hmm. is another one who early in his career was blowing guys away and seemed to have benefited from the steroids more of as an extension to his career and you know recovery later in his career was able to keep up his numbers whereas you know in the past that hadn't really been done that way the the to me, these guys are Hall of Famers. I don't know how you say they just weren't good enough to be in. The reason these guys are being kept out is because the writers are saying these guys cheated the game. But if you look at the Hall of Fame, some of the guys who've recently been in there, recently been in there, Pudge Rodriguez, um, Trevor Hoffman, Jeff Bagwell, Larry Walker, Mike Piazza, Ricky Henderson. Did these guys were were they on steroids? I mean, we don't know. You know, you could probably look at a few of them and definitively say, nah, he didn't do he didn't do anything. But I remember back in 2010, Jose Canseco said, I know for a fact at least one or two players that are in the Hall of Fame that have done steroids. And that was a year after Ricky Henderson had gotten in there. And Ricky Henderson got a little bit bigger through the years, too. You know, he was always thought of as just a singles hitting leadoff guy who would pop the occasional home run. But as time went on, he got a little bit bigger and he's a guy that was with Conseco out in, out in Oakland. A little you know what I mean? So, or how, how do we say, well, we don't know that those guys did steroids. Jeff, Jeff Bagwell to me is a guy I always thought was very suspect. He's in the hall of fame. You know, 
if we're letting some of these guys slide without convicting them, how are we keeping Bonds and, and Roger Clemens out? Well, this is this has been my opinion for quite a while. Um, the Hall of Fame has been a popularity contest as opposed to who actually should like who deserves to be named as the greats in baseball. What we, what we have here more than anything. And I, I, I blame, um, I blame the commissioner because um, Manfred as um, baseball <laughs> commissioner, just pretty much sucks. Ever, ever, ever since he took he's, office, he's, he's been, been, been no argument here. This would be the prime opportunity to speak up and say, Hey, Baseball writers, we have condemned these guys for X amount of years. But if you take names like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens out of baseball, you wouldn't have half of the accomplishments that have happened before, after, et cetera, et cetera. People, the writers are saying, oh, well, we don't want to reward people that cheated the game. You already did. I guarantee you. It's just a, it's just a matter of some people got caught, some people didn't. If this would be that prime opportunity to accept that at that time that these guys played, the game was mm-hmm. corrupt. I, but here's the thing. Yes, these guys use steroids. It was probably so readily available you could get it for two dollars and fifty cents at your local Walgreens or O'Reilly or CBS <laughs> or whatever. It's baseball needs to right now. Um, Commissioner Manfred needs to just come out and say, "Hey, this era of baseball. Yes, we went through this issue with steroids. Went through this issue with that." And we're we're growing from that, but you, there's not one person right now, especially in our age group, that can sit here and say that man, the steroid era in baseball was off the chain. I don't I don't care what anybody says. The McGuire Sosa, um, home run freaking um yep. battle that they had, that was one. Of, I don't care what anybody says. That was one of the better mm-hmm. parts of baseball. I think that, if anything, it did. It brought it back from the, yes, the, 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 the strike, the, the World Series. It sure did. So yeah, absolutely. So this is the opportunity. To, a check this out: Barry Bonds, before, after, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to keep out your home run of all leader. time. I don't care how many steroids you take, you are still hitting a ball thrown by guys that are throwing Who are also at on steroids. almost 100 miles an hour. And, yeah. yeah. So, so, so that's the case. I.e. Roger Clemens. Yeah, so, so, I mean, so, so that's the case. So, I, so that's the case, him. You got the pitcher throwing 90 miles an hour gas on that gas and a guy trying to hit a ball on that gas. So, so baseball, what, what the hell are we doing here, baseball? Really? What, what, what are we doing? What are we That's doing, what baseball? Like, what, 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 what are you doing? Well, here, here's the, <laughs> what here's the, the hell thing are we with doing? baseball. They, the, the writers we're, were given, they're given the responsibility of, of saying these are the best guys who also represented baseball the best. 
it's so they're taking it upon themselves to assess what you've done, not just on the field, but off the field too. I mean, and that's why you have guys like Pete Rose, not in the hall of fame, you know, at some point, I think, I think it has to just be decided what these guys did on the field. And we don't know how often these guys did steroids, you know, I know that that might sound a little bit weak for me to say it that way, because we do know that some of these guys were guilty, but I, I think I think the judgment needs to be removed from I, I think I mean if we're gonna be starting to judge guys off the field, we're gonna get to a point where it's gonna be hard to get anybody in because we're in the day and the age of the cell phone camera. And you know, I mean yeah. Oh yeah. You t- you you tweeted something t- um fifteen years ago. So right, and that, that brings us now you're out of a job. That that's that's so kind of what brings us to Kurt Schilling now. What? I mean, Kurt Schilling's a guy who never got into any kind of trouble and didn't do anything wrong under, you know, personally, except he's been very political online and, and that kind of stuff. And he's, he's been very, he's very opinionated. Now his, his numbers are borderline hall of fame, hall of fame anyway, but are these guys keeping him out because they don't mm-hmm. think he's worthy or because they don't like him for some of the things he's said on Twitter, you know? I can tell you what I can tell you exactly what it is. The 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 what you just said, just because of what he said on Twitter and him being outspoken. And fellas, we had a conversation about this last week because you know, ladies and gentlemen, we do talk, you know, other than just on a podcast. As I said, if you gonna do this to Kurt Schilling, then you might as well snatch Ty Cobb, <laughs> ugly, dusty, dirty, funky, racist ass up out of there too. You might as well snatch him up out of there too. If we doing this, if we gonna do this. If we're gonna do this, if we just if we're not gonna look at stats, but look at off the field behavior, then snatch Ty Cobb ass out yeah, of there. Yeah, well, too. back yeah, in I that said. era, I mean, racism was prevalent. I mean, you got a Hall of Fame, I'm sure, full of yeah. guys who weren't who weren't shy about dropping n bombs back then, and probably wouldn't yeah. put out the nicest tweets if they were on Twitter today. And can you imagine like the behavior? Of, I mean, yeah. Mickey Mantle yeah. wasn't exactly the most behaved guy off the field and i'm sure there's a lot of stories out there that that never surfaced that would in today's era so i i think they're a little tough when it comes to trying to be judging as far as personal behaviors and stuff goes yes it's 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 to the point just the play on the field and these guys like i think all three should be in there i it's oh it let me, let me put it to you this way, especially it's, and Eddie Cool. I'm actually thankful that you um put that out there, um about um this race racism yeah. way back in the day and Ty Cobb and all that. Just just to show you where baseball has come and what the difference of yesterday and today was, they just allowed the Negro leagues to count in major league records this yeah, this past year. year. This so. Finally, (laughs) like, yeah, we had to create a whole entire different league because y'all wouldn't allow, there was no equality. But now, because you're political about something, you can't get into the Hall of Fame. That is, and and I think every writer should have, should be, I put, put them on, put them on on the stand as answer these questions as to why you're sitting behind you're sitting behind 
anonymity, so to speak, where you don't have to answer for why you didn't put this guy in. I think there should be some accountability. And I want you to come full on. And I want I want you to lie to us in public because I know nope. you're not going to tell the truth. I want you to lie to us in public. I want you to say that, in my honest opinion, Barry Bonds didn't do enough on the field to be in the Hall of Fame. In my honest opinion, Roger Clemens didn't do enough on the field to get into the Hall of Fame. In my honest opinion, Kurt Schilling didn't do enough to get into the Hall of Fame. All You'd be lying all those three times. You you be you be lying to us, but I actually want to hear it. I want to hear some type of accountability. Kurt Schilling has every right to be pissed because where Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds did something to affect the game of baseball, mm-hmm. I get that part where some people be upset. The integrity of the game, Kurt Schilling did not. He has an opinion that yep. we're all entitled to as a United States citizen and an American voter. I'm not going to hate the person next to me because he voted for Trump. You're well, you are, you are within all of your rights to have your opinion and being very vocal about it. Freedom of speech. Yes, there are consequences to your speech, but it should, the consequences should be what you did on the baseball field. That that's asinine to me. There's, and these writers should be held accountable. They should have to answer to the general public. And um, Commissioner Manfred, we need to hear a statement from Major League Baseball because well, you know, I, you I, write, I, I at this point in time, this. you I, should be ashamed I'm, of yourself. I'm pretty sure, and I'm and don't quote me 100, percent but I don't think that Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball have anything to do with that with that i think that the baseball hall of fame and major league baseball are actually considered two separate entities so he while they may have some slight influence there i don't think that rob manford can actually do anything when it comes to the hall of fame itself because i don't think that's that's under major league baseball i think it's a separate a separate entity mm-hmm. you're 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 cor- you're correct on that but you but you also now you're telling me no no you're not telling me I, let me let me I, let me apologize real quick if the sport and the leader of the sport doesn't have any influence on the great like the the achievement of making it to the hall of like you as as the baseball commissioner he's got to understand that how this is so detrimental to the sport is very detrimental. It's to the point of like, now you're asking these guys that are on the field, 162 games traveling for eight months out of um, consistent out of the year consistently. And now you're asking these guys, they got to do, they, they got to sit up straight, they got to clean their nose right, and they got to do this or anything. Or we come, come, he's, he, this is the opportunity. This is the right here and now to set the record straight. This was a bad time in baseball that we are trying to correct. I want, to, I want him to say something, somebody to say something to be like, hey, unfortunately, these guys are disqualified from the Hall of Fame due to this. They haven't made that statement. They're hiding behind 
a desk and a computer putting their vote in and it's the court yep. of public opinion and I can't stand well, the court of public opinion. Well, well, the, I think they're starting but, to be held well, accountable got... because um, Mariona Rivera became the first ever unanimous selection a couple of years ago and I think that's because they're starting to make the, these votes public whereas before these guys wouldn't do it. Matter of fact, there's a guy who voted for Mariano Rivera that was not going to and did because he didn't want to be the only a-hole not to vote for Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest believer of all time. I don't want to be that guy. And fellas, speaking of public opinion, what time guess we got what time it is. Ah, it's time for our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. And with that being said, hey, yo, Button, hit it! And now, our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and ever so lovely Miss Button for introducing our favorite part of the show. You guessed it, the choices of the voices, where we ask you the question, and then you give us the answer, and then we talk about your answer. Um, depending on the <laughs> response, you know, we're going to root with you. Or we're going to pick at you, either one of the two. But anything is possible when it comes to the choices of the voices. Scotty D, what's the question for this week's choices of the voices? In the spirit of the Super Bowl, I asked, when you think of memorable Super Bowl moments, what comes to your mind? Some of the most memorable moments from the biggest game of the year. What did we get there, Michael? Right. What do we have? We got some good ones here, some very, 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 very good ones. All right, Martin Tracy, the king of paragraph answers. <laughs> all right, Maddie Ice, we love you, baby. We wouldn't have it any other way. So I took time to read all this, and he said the New England Patriots comeback win in the Super Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons after being down 28-3. to And he did the dance. He did the stanky leg. And oh, wait a minute. He also gave another one, too. He said when um, uh, he mentioned the Super Bowl victory with Malcolm, yeah, with Malcolm Butler intercepting the ball at the one-yard line against the Seattle Seahawks and that Super Bowl as well, too. Yeah, that one actually, Craig Burns, uh, I think it's going with that answer as well because he actually put a picture of, of that, of Malcolm Butler jumping that route. And what a great play by Malcolm Butler. I mean, everyone always talks about what a terrible decision that was to not give Marshawn Lynch the ball down there, and I think that that is very accurate. But the the, the play by Malcolm Butler was an underrated play. It's really, it was a, it was a great play. Saved the Super Bowl. Gave, gave Tom Terrific another ring. Yep. Uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that's um, Daryl Bevel, who is currently the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. Yes, uh, Daryl Bevel. It? Yeah, yeah, Daryl Bevel. Daryl Bevel will always live in infamy, as in you should have ran the ball, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving right along. We got Trey Dizzle. Trey Duke. What's happening, baby? He said my most memorable moment. Was the Deion Sanders big catch versus the Steelers in Super Bowl thirty? Yes, sir. Tons of other previous and Super Bowl, tons of others in previous Super Bowls, um, and in that one. But for some reason, Deion catch stuck in my brain. Oh man, the good old days. Yeah, that dude. That was an exciting play too, because that's Deion. Everything Deion does or did back then commanded excitement. And early in the game, he went straight down the middle of the field, and Aikman found him deep. It wasn't a scoring play, but it was a it was a big play, and uh, 
that was pretty cool. Yep, Deion Sanders can do everything, and I'll talk about him later on in Pepper. Yep, good old Deion Sanders. B-Live, don't you think that was a good play? Were you a fan of Deion Sanders, B-Live? Oh, absolutely, man. Just, oh. just, just <laughs> every time, like, any any kickoff return or interception, when it, it was just like you were on the edge of your seat. So, yeah, absolutely. I was – I'm a big fan of Dion, even though he played for two teams I don't like. So, all right, cool. Moving on. Oh, yep. Hey. <laughs> it must be the money. Did you just take a, a swipe at the Cowboys? Um, why? Why would you ever think? Why would you ever think of such a thing? Okay, remember that for later in the show. Carry on, Eddie. Cool. <laughs> oh boy, here we go, guys. Guys, I gotta pull you apart virtually with the mask on. All right, we got the big homie, Joe Gafkin. He said the 87-88 season, Super Bowl twenty two. the skins were down 10-0. Doug Williams comes back into the game after an injury and lights up the Broncos by throwing four touchdowns in the second quarter and leading his beloved potato skins to a 42-10 victory. Doug Williams, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, several good moments in that second quarter for him. I remember when he went down, too, he kind of got all twisted, and Jay Schrader came in for, like, two plays, I think, and then Doug Williams came in, and it was over. It was over quick. Yep, a Grambling State University Tiger. Douglas. I'm surprised Joe didn't want to go with uh, John Riggins running over the Dolphins in the fourth quarter of that Super Bowl. Another, Another great Washington football team memory. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I guess that Doug, somebody that Doug Williams, man, it just it just sticks out. Just sticks or the Gary out. Premium, I, that was another good Redskins memory. Remember Gary Premium? <laughs> yeah, where he uh tried to he tried to throw the ball <laughs> yeah. or something, and it got out of his hand, and yeah, yeah. oh poor old Garrow, rest in peace, Garrow. David Romito, he says James Harrison's pick six was pretty sweet. Uh, Fitz, Larry Fitzgerald scoring big, and Holmes toe tap touchdown. What an amazing game! That was a very action-packed and entertaining Super Bowl between the Cardinals and Steelers. I still look back at that, and I still how how he scored. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, James the the Harrison pick. Yeah, he was huffing and puffing after, but I still look back at Santonio Holmes and that toe tap. You can't get any closer no. to the like that that he in the corner. That like he was just an uh, inch to the left, inch forward, inch to the right. He's out of bounds. Just yep. that was, and the placement of the ball. It was just all of that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. So I, I will. I, that's definitely that's definitely up there. I will agree, fellas. I think if I can find that game on uh, on the, on YouTube because um, the NFL they do you know they pay, they post games from time to time. I'm going to put that on the uh, Sports Bros Podcast Facebook like page, which you should go like right now if you're listening. We got all kind of good stuff on there as well, too. All right, as we mentioned before, Craig Burns, he said the Malcolm Butler game ceiling INT. Um, Patriots, Seattle Seahawks, Super Bowl 49. Terrible Pete Talansky. He put up a graphic asking somebody, one of these Patriot fans, how they felt about Eli two times as the Giants beat the then undefeated New England Patriots in Super Bowl 42. That David Tyree that- catch was a memorable moment. We actually put that picture on our page. That To me, that's one of the memorable moments in Super Bowl history, a guy catching the ball on his head. Yeah. How how did Eli Manning avoid oh. a sack? 
Unbelievable. He almost got killed. He was like, he's in Jersey all torn to pieces. Grab, where, where is you going? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then, and then Craig Burns that I was like, Eddie cool mentioned earlier and um, pepper run the damn ball. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Daryl Bevel, ladies and gentlemen, Daryl Bevel, <laughs> Jacksonville. Hi, hi, yeah. Hi, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 your dude. That's your guy, Ur- Urban Meyer. Yeah, I don't I don't know if Daryl Bell was still there, but yeah, Urban Meyer. That's your dude to handle right there. Make sure he doesn't f it up for you, okay? Because 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 he'll do it for you. He'll, he'll run it down the leg if you let him. That he will. Uncle Max had one for us, fellas. Okay, here we go. Ah, there he is, Uncle Max. He said a hungover Max McGee scores the first touchdown in Super Bowl history. He didn't expect the play but was put in because Boyd Dollar was injured. Uh, the Pack went on to win Super Bowl one, defeating the Chiefs. Boy, we've come a long way since Super Bowl one, where you just go out and booze the night before, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> long um, way. And I'm I'm going I'm going to go ahead and mention this, um, Uncle Max. We we try. <laughs> oh man, we- here we go. <laughs> <laughs> we I was going to start this week, but here you go, Belize. <laughs> We try our best not to pick <laughs> on you on every episode, but this one you wrote you you wrote this you old left the door open. Nobody that listens to the Sports Bros podcast remembers <laughs> Super Bowl one. <laughs> you were the only. <laughs> Why'd you have to go there, be live? I'm sorry, Uncle Max. <laughs> I promise. With a tear in my eye, in the words of Ric Flair, Royal Rumble speech, Uncle Max, it's all love, man. I promise. He's a historian. He's a historian. I love having Uncle Max on board here. Absolutely. I was just like, oh, God. When I was reading through it, I said, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) The hell with Google. I'm going to Uncle Max. (laughs) Right. Damn that. Oh, man. But, yeah. Memorable, memorable, memorable. Hey, Uncle Max, we we're glad that you remember those moments, man. Oh, I think a, I think Uncle Max is a day one listener, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm Hell sure. yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, Uncle Max is a day one listener. He goes into the Sports Bowls podcast listener hall of fame. Yeah. Oh, oh, by far unanimous selection. Yeah, you did. Yeah, we're not gonna be like baseball and well, you know, you like Alabama, <laughs> so we're not gonna put you in, and we're not gonna take nah, nah, and the boo boo. Oh, that's we we couldn't wait. Just let you know, um, listeners, um, we're gonna tell you how the sausage is made right fast. Of course, as you know, we record Monday for Tuesday, and of course, and something else you didn't know, we record the show in two parts. After we finished our Cooperstown conversation, we had another. We could have gone on for another ten minutes. We could have gone on for another ten minutes, but guess what? We got a show to give y'all. All right. And with that being said, shout out to Terrible Pete, Craig Burns, David Romito, Joe Gaffigan, Uncle Max, Trey Dizzle, Martin Tracy for their contribution to this week's choices of the voices. Be live, Super Bowl memory. Go. I'm gonna have you naked by the end of this song. Super Bowl 38. Oh. My beloved Carolina Panthers versus the New England Patriots. I don't I know that hey, it's not football related, 
but Janet Jackson's teeth. Come <laughs> on, man. Who 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 doesn't remember that? Who doesn't remember that? Boy, the FCC won't let me, me be. I think that was the. I think I'm not even gonna lie to you. I think that's the first time I've ever heard of the FCC because they came out in full force when it, oh it's a wardrobe malfunction. No, they that ain't nothing malfunction about that. They meant to do exactly what they did. They wanted to show a titty, but in reference to that lyric. <laughs> come on, come anybody that has any type of common sense knows that that wasn't a malfunction. And we all thank you for it. And um John Casey, why'd you kick the ball out of bounds? And, I still and hate then, Tom Brady oh to this. Oh my god, John day. Casey, you just had and one. Oh. Adam Adam Ethan Venetary. Yeah, I said that. I still don't like you to this day, but yeah. That's that's my most memorable Super Bowl. Moment. I thought I thought you were gonna say Cam Newton diving not diving for the fumble when he fumbled. You see it? Why are you bringing up? Uh, old see, I was stuff, gonna man. omit that till you took a swipe at the Cowboys. <laughs> <Carolina. laughs> there you go. <laughs> you say, you say, I tell you, boy, you just, oh, you jug, jug, jug. We had that in the chamber, boy. Yeah, yeah. you dirty oh, rat. I got something for you. I got you. I got your money. All right, Scotty D, where you at? What's your favorite, fondest Super Bowl? Well, no, it's not necessarily my fondest, but one of the most memorable ones is Leon Lett getting tracked down by Don Beebe when he was rolling down the sidelines. He got to the two-yard line, started hot-dogging, and for some reason pulled the ball down to the side of his leg, and Beebe knocked it out of bounds. That one didn't kill me that bad because the Cowboys destroyed Buffalo in that game. That didn't really really cost them. Um, I'll always remember the Scott Norwood kick against the Bills as, as one of the most memorable moments and John Taylor's catch from Joe Montana to beat the Bengals. But for me personally, Larry Brown picking off Neil O'Donnell for the second time. That's my memory, baby. That's my one. Yep. And, for, and for some yeah. great, and for some strange reason, Neil O'Donnell thought Larry Brown was on he the did. same He did. I, I thank him for that. <laughs> and um just for the just for the listeners out there it was it was actually very tough for the um, money man Scotty D to remember um at any moment from the Super Bowl because it's been There we go. It, I mean it's been <laughs> It just killed you that I threw that Cam Newton dig at it and it was so good when I did. It just killed you. I could have I could have I could have left I could have left just stuff alone killed you. you it just killed you. I something. nailed you on that one. <laughs> He had to go two yeah. and one. He yeah, had to go yeah, two yeah. and one. <laughs> I'm saying, at least, at least mine was recent history. Yours is ancient, not as ancient as. Um, see, Brian, be live. Stop it. Behave, behave. Uncle Max, we love you. Eddie, um, what's your Eddie moment? Cool. Let's yes, get away from be live. What's your moment, Eddie? <laughs> you too. You guys, are my Super Bowl moment. How you love that? No, uh, one of my most favorite Super Bowl moments involved a play that came down to the last minute of Super Bowl 38. You had Steve McNair and a Tennessee slash Houston Oilers driving down the field against the St. Louis Rams. Only for Tennessee to come up short as time expired one yard Ooh. short. Kevin Dyson, yes, Kevin Dyson catches a pass over the middle and get stopped. Get stopped on the final play of yeah. the game by mm. St. Louis linebacker Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. <laughs> Who? Mike Jones. Gutty performance <sighs> by Steve McNair in that Super Bowl, too. I was rooting for him to come back yeah. and win that one. 
I miss him. I really do. Like I, I miss him. I was I was reading some stuff about him the other day, man. I, I wish like the, out of the guys that you wish would have won a Super Bowl, Aaron McNair should have won one. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was the most heart wrenching, most memorable moments of all Super Bowls. I watched a few, and that was just sticks. I'm like, oh man, a clutch play is like a clutch play on one side and heartbreak on the other. You've seen a wide range of emotions. So that's my standout Super Bowl memory. And with that being said, Scotty D, what's the question for next week's choices of the? All right, we're going to broaden the horizon here um, from from football to any sport. You can still give football if you want. The question I'm going to ask is, what team won their respective championship game or series in any in any sport that most surprised you? Talking about like a Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson kind of thing. Or you were just like, man, I can't believe that happened. But we're going to talk about team here. You can, and you can go to March Madness. You can go to the Super Bowl. You can go to the NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals, anything that was that decided the championship that surprised you the most. What team surprised you the most by winning their respective championship? And again, not necessarily talking about the whole year, like a team you thought, well, they were – we didn't expect them to be any good. We're talking about the actual championship game, the finals, the Super Bowl, college football, national championship, March Madness, any of that. So team that surprised you by winning the championship. All right. And that is the question for next week's edition of Choices of the Voices. Fellas, guess what? It's February. And guess what next month is? It's March. So we might have us a March Madness tournament. Yes. Come on, baby. Getting close. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, coronavirus at your funky ass. Stay away from here. <laughs> Does Duke, North Carolina, or Kentucky make it in? Mm. Well, you, well, you remember. Yeah. Well, you remember what we said um, last season before um, the world went uh, crazy. It ain't easy being number one, and apparently it ain't easy being a blue blood because, God, it is some tough sledding for the usual suspects. With that being said, um, it's the go home. T- go, 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 go. With that being said, fellas, I'm giving myself the go home cue because uh, I got some delicious smelling soup downstairs waiting for me. And with that being said, another round of pepper three topics, rapid fire style, kind of sort of not really. You're gonna learn something. We're gonna make you laugh. Try not to cry, but overall enjoy it. And guess what, fellas? I ain't got no history facts for the first time in about 20 episodes. Can't yeah, believe that. What you got to say. All right, and I'll go first. Now, as we mentioned, Matt Stafford was taking offers from everybody. He said, I'll go anywhere. Oh, I'll just go by anywhere, anything to get me the hell out of Detroit, Michigan, except for <laughs> one place. Fellas, any idea where Matt Stafford did not want to go? It's cold. Anybody? Anybody? Oh, yeah, it's cold. It's very, it's very cold. Detroit can get cold, but it's cold in this part of the country too because I've lived there. Was it somewhere that Tom Brady used to play? Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. You are right. Ding, 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 ding. Matt Stafford say, "I'll go anywhere except for the <laughs> New England Patriots." This kind of reminds me of the song by Meat Love. I'll do anything for love, but I won't <laughs> do that. Or hauling oats. I'll do anything you want me to, but I can't do that. No can do. <laughs> the reason the reason being, Matt Stafford will not take us behind to the New England Patriots. Two words. Well, four words. Dusty ass Matt <laughs> Patricia. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to go back neither. You know what? I understand you, Matt Stafford. I understand where you're coming from. This is it, kind of like a relationship because this man, um, Matt Patricia, wasted some good years of your life. 
only for y'all to meet back up again and at another work function and expect y'all to work together. I wish I would go back. I wish I would. I wish I would go back because if I were to go back, I'm signing a contract to stare a hole in the side of his head and make him real uncomfortable. <laughs> and if he breathes wrong, that's it. I ain't got no time for this mess. But with that being said, uh, Matt Stafford is now over in sunny California, and he ain't got to worry about freezing to death over in Foxborough. Oh, he's got to be. Future Hall of Famer and former Dallas Cowboy Jason Witten has called it a career uh, again for the again. second time. He will finish number four all-time in receptions in NFL history, number two on the tight end list behind Tony Gonzalez. Um, he called it. He, he said last Wednesday he was going to wrap it up going to sign a one-day contract with the Cowboys and officially retire. He is going to become the head coach of the Liberty Christian High School in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I think that's awesome. Um, when, when, these, when some of these pro guys go back and do high school things like that, man, I can't, I can't wish him anything but good luck. And Jason Witten, classy guy, hardcore player, future Hall of Famer. Going to miss you, Jason. Best of luck. Over to you, Be Live. Well, well, well. Let's um congratulate um Jason Witten for yes. retiring again, uh, and best of luck to him. And yeah, let's go to the NBA real quick because surprise, surprise, the team in the um team in the Western Conference where they don't play jazz music in Utah is um surprisingly leading the Western Conference. I believe they're actually leading all of basketball um and they were they had a nice little hot 11 game win streak which came to an end when they face Nikola Jokic and leading the team with 47 points and the Denver Nuggets decide to end that win win streak Utah has been a very pleasant surprise and I hope that any team from the Western Conference can dethrone the um, Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, I'm still hating on um, any team that um, Scott Scotty D, the Money Man, roots for, and I'm going to continue that Boy, all that throughout Cam the Newton season. Contact. Eddie Cool, I really hit deep <laughs> this week. <laughs> Eddie Cool, the ball. Wow, yeah, the first cut is the D. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, you guys are too much. This is why I do this. This is why I do this. I, you know, me, yeah, but I do this for y'all, man. I do this for the camaraderie, the trash talk, the back and forth. It's stuff I live for, really. I do. All right, my second pepper point goes out to a gentleman that we mentioned earlier. Prime time, Deion Sanders. Or he or as he would have you call him, just call me Coach Prime, baby. Yeah, just call me Coach, Coach Prime. Uh my Jerry Curl is dry. <laughs> uh yes, the the charismatic one himself, Deion Sanders. He always alluded to he wanted to be in a coach, and he finally got his job last year when he was named the head coach at the HBCU Jackson State University way down in Mississippi. All right. So, like I said, you know, it's an it's historic black college university. Uh, this is Deion Sanders' first ever coaching gig. There's a lot of excitement surrounding this as well, too. And guess what, fellas? What? The, the season kicks off. February the 21st against the Tigers of Edward Waters University. So let's see what old Coach Prime can do. Let's see if he can he can he can make some players and some and some star makers and some and some junior baby prime times and um bring them to the next level. So um yeah, 
Coach Prime, I wonder if that'll have anything to do with him filming his Subway commercials because Deion's getting all kind of chairs between Tostitos and Subway. So, you know, let's hope this don't interrupt the money. Oh, right. Primetime playing in February, coach in February, huh? Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, yes, the, um, what is it, the uh, FC, yeah, FCS. I think uh, a lot of FCS schools elected to play hmm. spring football. Okay. Yeah. And it, it didn't X, it didn't XFL, but good. All yeah. right, I, I, I will root for primetime, no, no doubt. Um, this, last week we uh, had to say goodbye to former Temple coach John Cheney. He passed away uh, last week uh, after retiring in 2006. Uh, he finished his career with 741 wins, 312 losses. Uh, he won the Division II national championship with Cheney State. Cheney State's a Division II school. The, in Pennsylvania, and uh, ten years later, he had his best team at Temple when the, Mark Macon led Temple Owls to the Elite Eight in 1988. They went 32 and two that year. Um, I always think of John Cheney. Uh, well, for when he had that little run in with Coach Calipari at the press conference, which was kind of <laughs> yeah, that was that was probably not his most shining moment, but. Co- uh, Coach Cheney always looked like when you saw him on sideline, he looked like a guy who had just got done with a long day at the office. Just looked like a tired, disheveled guy who's out there <laughs> grinding and working hard. But um, class act, John Cheney, rest in peace. Over to you, B Live. He was B-Live. intense. He, he was, was intense. Yeah, yes, he was. All right. The Atlanta Braves, oh, my beloved, fear to chop, chop on. Yes, the Atlanta Braves, they add Chipper Jones to their coaching staff, albeit is um, a part-time position, but they bring him on as a hitting consultant. And I don't think there's too many people in the um, history of the Atlanta Braves outside of the late great Henry Hank Aaron that would do a better job as a hitting consultant than Chipper Jones. And I'm excited because Atlanta did great things this past year. It's going to do even greater things this year. Bring on baseball. Let's go. Eddie Cool. The ball. All right. Going down the middle. Oh, I caught that one-handed grab over center field. All right. So here we go. Um, as most of you may know, who who either know us personally or Interact, interact with us, you know, on a regular basis. All three of us are huge wrestling fans. Yes, we love wrestling. We grew up, we grew up with it. Scotty D, he grew up in the Hulkamaniac era. Me and B Live, we grew up in the WCW Attitude era. Either way, we still love wrestling. But it's been stinking up to join as of late. But we did have one bright spot last night where the WWE, you finally got it right. And with that being said, shout out to Bianca Belair for winning the 2021 Women's Royal Rumble. She beat out 29 other minutes, and she lasted a whopping 56 minutes and 42 seconds. And she was the third entry of the night. Stamina, endurance, toughness. Uh, Bianca Belair has an interesting story. Um, she battled depression. She had an eating disorder, but she overcame everything. And she's a top-notch, world-class athlete. And she's a former South Carolina Gamecock as well, too. Um, yeah. So, um, shout out to Bianca Belair. WWE, you got it right with the women's Royal Rumble, but the men's, eh, not as much. Uh-uh. Oh, you got it on the men's side. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Um, two two goodbyes here in the Pittsburgh area this past week. Uh, Patricia Rooney, the wife of the late Dan Rooney, passed away. And as you guys know, the Rooneys are very integral part of Western Pennsylvania. Not all ownership groups are kind of woven into the fabric of the community, like quite like the Rooney family are. So sad goodbye to Patricia Rooney. And also, this was kind of un- unexpected, but the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Jim Rutherford, stepped down last week, citing personal reasons. Uh, I don't know at this point. I, I haven't heard much about whether there was any kind of – health issues or whether there was just something going on in the organization. Nonetheless, Jim Rutherford left. Uh, he came to the Penguins with a Stanley Cup on his resume from the Carolina Hurricanes. And after serving as GM for the Pittsburgh Penguins, he's leaving two Stanley Cups on the shelf behind with him. So a big thank you and farewell and best of luck to Jim Rutherford, former general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Over to you, B-Live. That guy was a winner everywhere he went. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Um, let me finish this off, this um, little pepper situation with um, Tom Brady. Um, Tom Brady is now reported that he would like to play until he's 45. He ain't got nothing else he's, better to and do. And he's close. Uh, man. <laughs> that, that, but that, Man, you, this is your 10th Super Bowl. Your 10th Super Bowl. You've won six. Chance of winning the seventh, which is unprecedented and untouched. And he wants to continue. Oh, my goodness. I was almost looking forward to you losing the Super Bowl and then drifting off into the sunset. That we we have conversations about you in the future, especially whoever will replace you and da da da. And Tom Brady, when you get into the Hall of Fame, you're definitely unanimous from first ballot. Um, unlike what's going on in the Baseball Hall of Fame right now, you had to um joke at that. Ugh. But hey, Tom Brady, you know what? You're in a position in a place where you get to do exactly what you want to do. And side note, um. I didn't like the fact that um, you would sully um, um, Eddie Cool, sully Bianca Belair's name. I did not know that she went to the University of um, Columbia. <laughs> um, this, um, sully my uh, ass. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, but then, you, know, um, you know what? I'm going to come up with um, a, just like you got all Rosie the Dabble. Well, <laughs> Willie yeah, B yeah. is a place to be. Oh, wow. That was corny. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> but then. She ran just as quickly from the track um, track and field program at South Carolina to Texas A&M, and then she completed her college career at University of Tennessee. Um, what else? Well, 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 that's okay. Good but, old Rocky. Oh Tomo. my God! I, I, I almost hit. The, I, I almost hit him. But well, that's okay because Asia Wilson has a has a statue outside of the University of South Carolina. A whole statue. Statue. Yeah, you also have a statue of a, a bronze bird with no talons. Um. Okay. Cool. Um, oh, I can't wait. Cool. We, I can't wait to play all <laughs> dirty dogs next year. I know we're gonna be bad. Shane Beamer gonna get us together, and y'all got hell to pay. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. Um. Yeah. That that will do it. <laughs> yes, sir. Got me over here aggravating stuff. Yeah, you better. All right, ladies and gentlemen. With that being said, it's been another edition. Of pepper, we all three got our peppers in. Uh, this has been a very spirited edition of pepper, fellas. I'm, I'm I'm feeling good. 
I'm feeling good about everything. I'm feeling good. Cannot complain. And with that being said, that wraps it up for another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, episode number 94. And as always, thank you for listening. But before we go, Scotty D, you where find can they me find shoveling you? snow here in Western Pennsylvania. And that's pretty much it. Maybe Trinity High School. I might be heading to Trinity High School. Do a little work up there. Yes, sir. Hey, hey, Scotty D, uh, slinging those <laughs> breakfast pizzas. I want one. I got to have me a breakfast pizza. Oh, my God. Those are so great. Be live. Where can they find you? Other than St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, on Instagram, Facebook. My name is Brian Livingston. My Instagram, your boy be live. Instagram, this be your boy be live. Any of the Sports Bros podcast, social media websites. And you know what? I'm looking at a career change. So you might find me um, behind the desk doing some IT work, hopefully. Yes. We shall see. Yes. Yes, sir. Yep. And of course, you know me, it's Eddie Cool, the HOC here at the Sports Bros podcast. Uh, be live. Shut up about my head. I didn't forget about that. <laughs> I didn't forget about that, but hey, ladies and gentlemen, that goes to show the head of creative has a phenomenal skincare routine. Um, you can catch me on Instagram, cool season all one word, and all of the other sports goals related uh sports goals podcasts, uh social media platforms. Also catch me on Twitter at the real Eddie Cool and shout out to the Sports Me app for featuring us, the Sports Bros Podcast, in their story. And also, when you get a chance, check out B-Live's latest edition of What Happened, not a specific day of the week. Very entertaining, where he somehow, someway got a picture <laughs> of my big-ass forehead <laughs> in the video. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> and Bob Craft, he still ain't done with you. He still is not done with you. All right, fellas. Anything else before we get up out of here and watch Breaking the news. And, uh, the Buccaneers assigned Tom Brady to a 10-year extension. Oh, wow. And Jesus Christ, it's over with now. It's over with now. All right. Go Zags. Go Zags. Well, fellas, uh, next week, this time, we'll be talking about, we'll be concluding our conversations of football season. So we're going to have to jump into NBA, college football, hockey, and some other things. And oh, yes, if you have anything out there in Sports Bros Podcast land, you want to talk about sports related, hit us up in the DMs. Just let us know because you know we are by the fans, for the fans. And that's what we do. All right, folks, it's time to get up out of here. And in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else, too. They will greatly appreciate it now more than ever. Be a blessing and not a burden. And just because it's cold outside, don't be an ass. Wear your mask. Let's get over this thing. Let's get back to normality. WrestleMania is trying to have people in the stands, which means games can go on. And just, just take care of each other, love each other, and just be kind, just be nice. it has been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Yes, sir.